welcome to the news and why it matters. And for those of you who watched the debate last night, bienvenidos a la news and why it matters. Yo soy Sara Gonzalez. Uh, we are joined today by Supergear of the Glenn Beck Radio Program. Est-ce que je peux aller au WC? All right. Yes. It means I can't go to the bathroom in French. <laughs> That's the only one you it's know. It's the only one I can remember from French class. So. Uh, David Harris, Jr. Je m'appelle David. <laughs> I am American. Can we keep this English here, please. And uh, Aaron Colin. I am not bilingual, so nice <laughs> Hello. to meet you. Yes. <laughs> All right, top story still. Uh, debate report card. How did the candidates do? Did they do what they had to do last night? Uh, we're going to look at that. Oh, I can't wait. David. I got a video to show on the debate card, I think, uh, that's... Hilarious. And then I've also got, to t I want to talk about the fact that uh, the number of incidents and deaths at the border during the Obama-Biden years went without any kind of uproar from the media or politicians, and it's sad. Hmm. All right. Aaron. And I have a story out of Alabama where a woman who was five months pregnant was shot and lost her baby, and she has now been charged with manslaughter. Uh, so now pro-abortion groups are jumping on that to try to attack pro-life laws. All right, that sounds wow. really peculiar. Yeah, so it's I not can't as funny wait as the debate. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't wait to find out more info on that. Uh, before we get into it, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Um, if you are in the market for refinance, maybe you just had like a divorce and you got to get your crazy ex-spouse's name off of your home. Whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. not that I know anyone like <laughs> oh, that, but whatever the case may be, specific. Uh, American financing is your go-to, <laughs> home loans, refis, whatever it is. Um, they're salary-based, they're not commission-based, so they're not going to be in it for them. You know, they, they're not looking for the kickbacks from the financial institutions. They want to do something that's right for you, that's going to fit your family, that's going to fit, you know, your budget. Um, I know Stu had a really great experience with them. They walked you through everything. Yeah, they're great people to deal with and make the whole process really easy. And as you said, they're not, they're not looking to, like, you know, direct you in, you know, one place or the other based on what's gonna, what it's going to do for them. They just want to do the right thing for you. I do remember the first time I, I, uh, I bought a house, and I, <laughs> there's so many papers, and I was scared to ask questions because I'm, I'm going to sound really stupid, right. and mm -hmm. they're explaining everything to me, and I'm like, mm -hmm, yeah, oh, okay, great. Just yeah, look, you just look great. confident, and then you just keep <laughs> signing your initials, and you realize yes. you're just signing your life away. Yeah, yeah. But, but you can ask them the, the questions. They're not going to make you feel stupid about anything. <laughs> you can go to uh, AmericanFinancing.net, or you can call 800-906-2440. A lot to get into with the debates. There was. Um, so let's start with Elizabeth Warren. There's a question asked uh, about her and abortion. Uh, and I, I found her, her answer to be very typical of the Democratic Party. So we get a little, uh, kind of set the scene here as to what, uh, what kind of candidates we're looking at. Watch. Senator Warren, would you put limits on, uh, any limits on abortion? I would make certain that every woman has access to the full range of reproductive health care services, and that includes birth control, it includes abortion, it includes everything for a woman. So, no, she would not <laughs> put any limits on abortion. Um, you know, it's funny because you look at this from all the different candidates' perspectives, and they all have different things to do here. If we're going to grade them on policy, we probably at this table would all give them Fs. So I tried not to just do that. Um, I tried to look at it. Uh, how did they execute the thing they needed to do? Mm -hmm. The thing Elizabeth Warren needed to do was to not screw up. 
She could be invisible. She didn't have to do anything in this debate. She's she's in third place. There's no one else on the on the stage that's anywhere close to her. No other front runners. No one ahead of her. She just needed to hold her ground. And it's answers like that, sadly, in today's Democratic Party that actually are, uh, achieve that um, goal. I thought she did what she had to do last night. She was not spectacular. She's not going to launch herself in. I gave her a C plus uh, for the evening. Nothing spectacular, but she didn't screw up where she needed to be, I think, as far as her performance in the race. Again, would be a terrible, horrible president. But uh, that's a whole different standard that I did not grade them on. Um, next up, I want to show another clip. This one it was about health care. And it shows this is basically the spectrum of this entire debate last night as you look um, at health care. It was really the only place where they tried to draw any distinctions from each other. So this is going to see uh, it's uh, de Blasio, uh, Beto and Delaney uh, all kind of fighting with each other, watch. Would you replace private insurance? No, I, I think the choice is, is fundamental hey, to wait, wait. our ability to get everybody yeah, care for. Private insurance is not working for tens of millions of Americans. When you talk about the co-pays, the deductibles, the premiums, the out-of-pocket expenses, it's not working. <laughs> that's How right. can you so, defend so for the those system for whom that's not, it is not working. working? They can choose Medicare. For the culinary workers in you Nevada who I listen to, who negotiated the system is for those not working plans, for people. they're able to keep them. Why are you defending private insurance? They like their private health insurance, by the way. It should be noted that 100 million Americans I mean, I think we should be the party that keeps what's working and fixes what's broken. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that make sense? I mean, we should give everyone in this country health care as a basic human right for free. Full stop. It's amazing because, like, <laughs> if you're not careful, you, you think John Delaney actually sounds sane just because of the people he's surrounded by. <laughs> However, I mean, he's, his position is left of, I mean, where Barack Obama, where Obamacare was by a mile, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so you kind of lose, you can lose it pretty quickly. It's, you know, that Overton window moves fast. Um, but so you have three people here. I mean, you know, Bob Franco Rourke had a terrible night. Uh, I gave him a, a D, a solid D. D. Um, he uh, did not do well. Uh, he, uh, you know, did, attempted the whole Spanish thing, which we, maybe we can get into a little bit later, which is kind of a disaster. But you notice here that, like, he's actually saying, okay, well, we're going to give basically health care to everybody, but at least if people want to keep, in theory, their private health care, they can do it. Um, de Blasio, on the other hand, I, I think, like, my initial reaction to de Blasio is, is he's basically taking away 100 million people's private insurance mm -hmm. in, that, in that clip. Um, and also, he's like, like the logic there is pathetic, right? Like he himself is saying tens of millions are unhappy, but there's a hundred million people who have it. Yeah. Well, what about those 70, 80, 90 million who actually do like it? Well, we need to take it away to what? Prove a point. He's a disaster. Dangerous. However, Dangerous. I will say this. He, he played the strategy right, I think. He's an absolute zero in this race, but no one even knows the guy is running. He was interrupting constantly and he went to every single person, including Elizabeth Warren's left. He's he was I, I don't I think if you could find Bernie Sanders on that stage with him at another f future debate, he will go to the left of Bernie, too. That is his goal. He has no conscience. He will he you know, he'll trot out his his son to, to earn political points, which he does later in the debate. I think, though, with this crowd, he actually did his job in that debate. So I actually gave him a B, a B minus B minus, which was. I mean, again, he's a, he'd be a terrible president. I would give him an F on that one. Can, can I, mm -hmm. just before we move on from yeah. health care, because mm -hmm. it just, I mean, you know, I, that's my, my passion, right? Yes, yes. Um, which is really sad. Like, mm -hmm. who has the passion of <laughs> health insurance? That's, well, it's a basic human right. So. It's true. It's true. I just, I just exposed my inner nerd. But <laughs> um, 
what, why are they talking about health care as if they weren't the ones oh. who passed an overhaul of the entire system thank and you. got us yeah. into this mess? Thank you, yep. thank you, thank you. And thank they're like, yeah. our health insurance and health care is so terrible, we need to change it. Well, why would we put the same people in charge of changing it that just screwed it up in the first place? Exactly. In fact, you look at who, uh, what they talk about most, the overwhelming top topic, uh, the number one topic for Democratic candidates is health care. It's like, it's your freaking system. <laughs> exactly. You <laughs> just launched it. It's like it's brand new. Obamacare. Yeah. And I, like, that is like, it's infuriating to me <laughs> really that is. they would ever be trusted with something like this. Um, also, we had a Delaney in that debate. And a lot of people don't know who John Delaney is. He's been running since 2017 <laughs> uh, for president. Wow. You would hope uh, yes, for better name the, recognition. Yes, you'd hope yeah. for yeah. to do better. Hope. <laughs> he's been all over Iowa. He's really put the effort in and without much effort, without much success. I will say, like, a lot of the people who are conservatives said pointed him out as like, OK, I mean, out of, out of all of them, he was the least offensive. He's a guy who will actually say socialism is bad. Right. Like, and get booed for uh, it. And get booed for it. <laughs> wow. um, so but I thought he generally did his job. I don't know that he broke out. And I, I think like the things that conservatives like about him are the things that are going to hurt him in the Democratic primary. Right. Um, he did have a couple good exchanges like the one we just showed. I gave him a C. He was sort of middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. um, going through some of the other ones, there was another big back and forth that's too long to show between Tulsi Gabbard and Tim Ryan. Again, oh. two more people that most ha people have absolutely no that's name rough. awareness of. Tulsi Gabbard actually had the highest uh, Google search uh, during this debate, which wow. is kind huh. of interesting. People didn't know who she was. And, you know, she sort of stands out kind of a good looking female and, and had a kind of some viewpoints that were a little bit different than the others. Got in an uh, argument with Ryan about foreign policy where, I mean, she just, I mean, again, like policy-wise, you might look at and say Tim Ryan was right. Like, you know, we do have to make sure that the Taliban does not get control of this region again. However, Gabbard, I mean, destroyed him in the back and forth. And certainly with that audience who all want to pull out of everything, you know, as soon as possible. I thought Gabbard did, her, did, a, did herself a lot of favors last night. She was, you know, she shows that she's, you know, her presentation is smart and sort of balanced and she doesn't seem like a lunatic. Um, and she was willing to stand. She's very much against intervention in almost every single, single circumstance, despite being a veteran. Um, so I thought she did very well and, and raised her profile. She did what she needed to do in this debate, which was come from absolutely nowhere to at least let people know that she has something. Yeah. Um, you know, she was noticed. Uh, so I gave her actually an A minus, uh, wow. which wow. was one of the best uh, uh, grades I gave. Uh, and on the other side of that uh, argument was Ryan. And he lost very badly, and I gave Ryan an F. Uh, he, I mean, he looked nervous the entire time. He, he tried to distinguish himself as a moderate, and it just doesn't work in this field. It doesn't. Um, Jay Inslee is a governor from uh, Washington. Uh, Mr. Climate Guy uh, tried to come up with, he called Trump the biggest threat to our country, which, yes. like, ahead of, again, ahead of climate change, which I thought yeah. was going to wipe out the entire population, so I don't know how it was bigger. Uh, bigger than nuclear war, bigger than China, bigger than Russia, Trump. Uh, did not distinguish himself, talked less than everyone else in the debate. Yeah, it was like five um, minutes, yeah. I think. And I'd be pissed if I was Jay Inslee, though. I, I guess I would be pissed, too, but, I mean, he sucks. Let's yeah. be honest no, he, no, he's terrible. Yeah, he's I'm just, really if I were bad. him, though, I'd be like, I already, nobody knows who I am. Yeah. I need the talk time. You get five minutes. He had a couple That's good rough. canned lines he tried to get out, but that never works in these debates. I don't know no. why they always try it. He, I gave him a D uh, minus, uh, so not so good <laughs> there. Um, another, the one I would say I disagree with most people about, I'd love to get your, your takes on this, uh, was Cory Booker. Cory Booker, I would say, generally speaking, from pundits, left and right, got pretty solid reviews. Like, they thought he was one awful. of the people who stood out. 
that he did a good awful. job. I thought he was yeah, really I, bad. I, I thought it was horrible. Yeah, you thought so? Yeah, that? I okay. thought it was just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, look, his viewpoints are, I'm never going to agree with him, but he's, there's something about him that is so contrived. Yes. Everything he says, I feel like I've seen him in front yeah. of the mirror doing it. He's got the wide-eyed thing going, yeah. Yeah. Oh, heavy emotion all the time, and I think we see it as like, wow, that's really fake, but I think his people, his constituents see that as pure emotion he's and passionate. compassion and things like that, and he's on the verge of tears like at every second. To me, that's just like overwhelming, and I don't, I want no part of that. He had a lot of makeup on. Did he? He was yeah. a whole other shade or two, three shades. <laughs> I did not notice that. I was that. trying to make it. Are you, you know, accusing Cory Booker of blackface during the <laughs> night? He was trying to blackface a little bit. He was definitely trying to darken himself up, but uh, oh, it, it was just kind of interesting to me. And then the whole Spanish thing. Oh, God, you know. that was bizarre, too. We're, we're going to show some of these clips, I yeah. think, here in a second. A yeah. couple more. Uh, so I gave Booker a C minus, by the way. I thought he was. You know, he Booker and generous. Klobuchar both had chances to maybe make some noise. They're the secondary tier. They had a cho- chance to maybe step up to that lower first tier area. I didn't think Cory Booker did. A lot of people, I will say a lot of people did think that. Uh, Klobuchar, I think the same thing. Klobuchar is a little different. I don't think she's going to win the nomination. I do think she has a chance at vice president. I think if, mm-hmm. if like, let's say Biden were to win, she'd be a very rational choice for vice president. Um, and, you know, I think one of her roles is it's, she's sort of in the Warren category that don't screw it up. Like, she, you know, she doesn't need to make a huge splash right now. She'll probably be able to hold on through these next series of debates. I think she basically did her job. I gave her a C plus. She was not notable. She also did try a couple bad canned lines, and they did not work, which they never do. And then, uh, you know, as much as, and this is a bizarre one, because uh, Julian Castro, honestly, I thought, you know, I don't think is a good candidate, but I gave him an A for the debate, and here's why. Wow. I thought... The the and we've talked about this a million times on the show. The the ability for the Democrats to outdo themselves when it comes to identity politics, I thought really stood out here. Every one of these other guys, all these white guys, are trying to speak Spanish. Every time they brought up immigration, including they kept, Cory Booker, including Cory Booker, yes, which was the whitest of the bunch. In my, um, everyone, I can say that. <laughs> true, yes, you can. Um, uh, including um, when they're talking about immigration, they kept ceding. If you notice, to Julian Castro, and again, like Julian Castro, is a guy at zero or one percent in these polls. And they were like, you know, I, I agree with, with, with Julian here because, uh, you know, he's right. We need to make sure that we do these things. They were so deferential because he's the only Hispanic on stage. Wow. Therefore, uh, they right. can't Excuse say Excuse me, Robert anything. Francis. Well, yes, there. that's Bob Frank O'Rourke, of course, very <laughs> Bob, Hispanic. Like Bob Frank um, and Castro in the one back and forth, um, you know, he kind of picked, you could see from the beginning, he said, I'm on a ladder. I'm not going to try for Warren, who's you know six or seven rungs up. The guy one rung up on my ladder, I'm identifying as Beto O'Rourke, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take out this guy who's at four or five percent and try to suck up some of that percentage mm. to move myself to up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think he did that well. He won the with the back and forth with uh, O'Rourke pretty easily. I mean, O'Rourke is terrible. Um, he did his job. He didn't make any mistakes. He looked calm, and, and, and I think he was one of the people you'd walk in there and see that I don't know who seven of these people are. I've never seen them before. He's one you might say. I want to see a little bit more of him if you're if you're a Democrat. I thought he did his job. Uh, and the fact that they were treating him like he was the front runner gave him sort of an air of, uh, you know, maybe he is. Maybe that's the guy at three or four percent in the polls, not just zero or one. So I think Castro <laughs> did, had the best night. But Castro and Gabbard, I thought, were the were the two biggest winners. Um, we do have to take a break. But but before we do that, I want to and David, we're going to get to your video after after the break. But I do want to uh, show a video our friend Jason Howerton put together of just kind of some highlights of the <laughs> Democrats trying to out pander each other. What? Cada persona en nuestro oh. democracia. Uh, cada votar, ca- cada votante necesitamos 
la representación <risa> y cada voz necesitamos escuchar. La, situa la situación ahora es inaceptable. Es de presidente ha atacado, <risa> ha demonizado los inmigrantes. Es inaceptable. Voy a cambiar este. For the last 21 years, I've been raising a black son mm. in America. Going back to what the Blasio said, as an African-American man in an so African-American-dominated community, yeah. I knew one of the biggest <laughs> issues was criminal justice reform. So I look at these proposals and I say, um, does this hurt uh, my Uncle Dick and his gear stand? Yeah, that's true. Before we get back into it, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. Um, so, Stu, I think probably, correct me if I'm wrong, finding a real estate agent, the, the right way to do that is not to find the guy with his face on a on a, the back of a bench. I mean, I think I've heard something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably not the best idea. Mm -hmm. um, you know, usually things that you sit on don't, don't manage your <laughs> largest uh, business transaction you'll ever make in your entire life. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the screening process would be better than uh, the bench process. And that's why real estate agents I trust exist. Yes. I know Glenn went through this because he's had trouble selling homes and and he's had uh, issues with real estate agents in the past. And, you know, you should make it easy, right? I mean, I, you know, we, have, we do this for a lot of things. Uh, this is such a big deal. And we were talking about mortgages and stuff earlier. It's like if you don't have someone who's going to be able to walk you through these sort of complicated transactions that you can actually trust, you're, you're in big trouble. So yeah. this makes the whole process easy. It's one of those things, too. Uh, you know, Glenn, Glenn formed this, and I'm like, it's one of those ideas that you're like, why didn't I think of that? I know. That's such a great idea. I know. Why didn't I think of that? Uh, so they've already been vetted. Glenn's team has already vetted these real estate agents to make sure they are the top real estate agents in the country. Um, and they've got them all nationwide. So they have one where you live. Their listeners, their viewers, they share your values. You can go to realestateagentsitrust.com, find one located near you. Um, David, before we move on, I want to play, I want to play your video and then we can get to, to your actual top story. Uh, let's watch David. La situación ahora es inaceptable. Es de presidente ha atacado, ha demonizado los inmigrantes. Es inaceptable. Voy a cambiar este. What the hell did he just say? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure we're in America. Necesitamos incluir cada persona. Then we got Francis. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Francis O'Rourke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Beto. No, no, no. Not Beto. Not Beethoven. Not Beto. Just Francis. He's talking Spanish, too. Pero si queremos hacer eso, necesitamos incluir cada persona en nuestra democracia. Do all of these Democrats think that all they got to do is pander to the minorities, try to talk some Spanish? Next, they're going to be coming out with an Afro on, trying to talk all ghetto. Americans, aren't you glad we have a real president that's already leading this country and doing an amazing job for all people, all minorities, all of us? Oh, man, that is that's really funny. And that's from your Instagram. Yeah, You've got a longer one on Instagram. Twitter people can go to. Actually, I put the long one. I, I did that one just for you guys. I, I put the long one and the, uh, the on Twitter and Instagram are both a uh, longer version. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So make sure to head over to uh, David's social media <laughs> to catch the longer version. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's talk about migrant deaths, which take it down a notch. Well, if, if, again, if we go back to the debates and mm -hmm. the, you've got all these candidates that are talking about the border and it being such an issue, and Biden, you know, posting a picture of the the two, the the dad and the daughter that just were found drowned mm -hmm. in uh, 
in the Rio Grande, I think, river, and he's blaming it on Trump. And all this massive media hysteria, along with the Democrats and the, and the, the candidates, are all bashing Trump uh, like this is something that's brand new. Yeah. When it's not brand new. It's been an issue for a d- decade or longer, but during the Obama-Biden years, there were thousands of deaths. Uh, Breitbart reported over 20 times on horrible deaths that had taken place. One county alone in Texas had 535 deaths just in that county during the Obama-Biden years. And so all this, you know, for the, for the, main, for the people in America, it's like wake up and understand what's really taking place. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to demonize Donald Trump and the administration. They're trying to say, oh, this is a brand new issue when it's not brand new. It's just something the media can get on and try to tug at the heartstrings of American people and try to paint Donald Trump as the bad guy, uh, orange man bad, and we need to get somebody in there to replace him. It's, it's not new, it's been horrible, and Donald Trump's been telling us that we need to fix the border since he's been in office and they've been stonewalling him at every turn. Yeah. So I hope America really pays attention and, uh, and, and laughs a lot while they're watching these Democratic debates because mm. there's a lot to be laughing at in these debates. I, uh, I went and talked with some people this morning um, asking them you know, what their thoughts were on Trump's you know, illegal immigration policy and things of that nature. And so I was asking, we were talking about this yesterday, right, asking people, what do you think of the president saying, you know, um, he's going to send illegal immigrant children home and he's going to send them back to where they came from? Do you think it's racist? Knowing that Obama was actually the one who yeah. made those comments we played mm-hmm. yesterday on the show. Um, but there was one gentleman who actually, he didn't believe me. He thought I, w- I was making it up. And I had to, pu- I said, I can show you the video. You and I had believe to pull that Obama was phone. the one that said it? Yeah. Yeah, I said, would it surprise you to know that that was actually Obama that said it? He said, yes, that would surprise me. I don't, I don't think that that's true. No, it is. It yeah, shows that true. Democrats have used the mainstream media to be able to take ownership of the compassionate you know, side of the argument. Yes. And so they can be able to say they're the only ones that care because the Republicans are the ones that want stronger border security that are telling people not to come, even though that's really the compassionate take. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that us as conservatives, we have to be careful about the way we talk about it to make sure that while we're also pushing forward our policies about the ways to secure the border, we're also making it clear that we do care about migrant deaths. We do look at that picture and we say that's that's awful, that's terrible. In no way do we feel like that's acceptable, but there's just different methods, and I believe ours is more effective, mm-hmm. to address that issue. And we, we can sort of take ownership of the fact that we are compassionate as well. It's not just liberals who are the only ones who care about the life and death situations here. Yes, and I know that, you know the media does has a big role in this, right? I mean, like, you know, there, there's hundreds and thousands of migrant deaths under the Obama administration when we were talking there and they they could have taken really heartwarming heart-wrenching sort of pictures of those things you know it's the same thing that happened you go back to the clinton administration and when uh shooting deaths were much higher than they are today they could have taken pictures of all of those deaths and and trotted them out and made those into things instead they focus on the stuff now because you know there's an agenda here and you know I, I wish it wasn't that way, but it is, p- flatly. I'd love to come up with some like more uh, nuanced explanation, but it really is, there is a motivation be- behind a lot of these people that, you know, whether it's, whether it's outward or not, whether it's in their heads, whether it's subconscious, whatever it is, they seem to always find problems with the people who are conservative and can never find them with the people that are on the left until they're out of office. Now they can find problems right. with Bill Clinton. Now they can be critical of Barack Obama's comments in 2014, but at the time they did nothing. Yep. Uh, and, I, you know, that's it's never that's just got to change. It's just got to change. That's why I'm so thankful for you guys. There we go. Blaze TV, you guys spit it real. You tell the truth. We 
you can always find it here. Oh, thank you. All right, back in a minute. Well, we don't like to brag or anything, but that's all true. <laughs> I know, but I figured I would brag on you guys. All right, before we go, we've got a birthday in the house. Yeah. Happy birthday hey. to Mr. David Harris. We Thank won't you. ask you how old you are Thank you. Uh, on camera. We will not ask you. You <laughs> thought that I had forgotten about your birthday. I well, did not forget about your birthday. No. Uh, and in fact, we have a special treat for you coming over here. I would have everyone sing, but uh, I don't oh, think wow. anyone else would sing with me. So we have cupcakes. <laughs> nice. nice. All, of, all wow. of you who actually eat cupcakes, happy, happy birthday. Thank you wow. so much. At Blaze That's TV. A so nice. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> On the guests. Yes. Yeah, you're a regular this uh, year's. And uh, you guys Thank can, you. I'm sure, eat these cupcakes during overtime because we've still got overtime cool. coming up next. You can only find it at uh, blazetv.com. Not only do we have News and Why It Matters overtime, but we've also got uh, Stephen Crowder. We've got Phil Robertson. We've got Eric Bowling. We've got all of the amazing shows all on Blaze TV. You got to go there and you can catch overtime coming up next. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, uh, Aaron, I know we're going to bring it down a little bit more, yes, but, but it's something that I think is necessary, you know, to, to be discussed. Mm -hmm. So tell us about what happened with this pregnant woman. So this happened in Alabama. This started in December 2018. A woman named Marche Jones was uh, five months pregnant, and she got into a fight with another woman at a Dollar General. This was reportedly over um, the pregnant woman's baby's father. Mm -hmm. um, this fight escalated to the point where the other woman in the fight shot Marche Jones in the stomach. Joan survived. Her baby did not. She had a miscarriage. Um, initially, the woman who shot her was charged with manslaughter. That charge was later dismissed because it was determined that she was acting in self-defense. Um, apparently, Jones initiated and escalated this fight to the point where it was justified for the other woman to pull out a gun and shoot her. Um, but what happened this week was that Marche Jones was charged with manslaughter um, for the death of her unborn child because she started this fight um, and put her unborn child in danger. I want to read a quote from the local police department mm -hmm. um, that really sort of frames this and how this went. And he says, let, this is Pleasant Grove Police Lieutenant Danny Reed. He said, let's not lose sight that the unborn baby is the victim here. She had no choice in being brought unnecessarily into a fight where she was relying on her mother for protection. And so that's kind of the, the reason for these charges here. Now, what's happening here is that pro-abortion advocates have jumped on this to say, look at Alabama, they are throwing a woman in jail for what happened to her unborn child. This is just what these pro-life people want. They're sort of tying it to the pro-life laws, mm -hmm. which is disingenuous because, first of all, the pro-life laws do not call for the prosecution of women who get abortions only to the doctors. Right. So, first of all, that's a false parallel. But there was another quote from an abortion advocate that really kind of blew my mind. I wasn't really sure that I read it right just because of the way it was framed. And this is from Amanda Reyes of the Yellowhammer Fund, which is an abortion advocacy group in Alabama. She said, the state of Alabama has proven yet again that the moment a person becomes pregnant, their sole responsibility is to produce a live, healthy baby, you would think. Yeah. And that it considers any action a pregnant person takes that might impede in that live birth to be a criminal act. And so in my mind, the, the thing that stood out was 
now it is considered bad. It's considered oppressive to tell a woman who is pregnant that she has the responsibility to do whatever she can to make sure that that unborn child is born alive and healthy. You can't even tell a woman, hey, you should probably not start fights while you're five months pregnant. You know, that's considered right. oppressive. And I'm not saying I think that this woman should be in jail. You know, you can have your own personal opinion on that. But just the fact that we cannot attribute responsibility to women who get pregnant now, I think that's a crucial part of the pro-abortion argument is that they have to take responsibility off of that and sort of frame it as it's just pregnancy is just a condition that you can either endure or you can terminate, mm -hmm. but you have no real responsibility to it. And I was just kind of shocked by the way that this has been framed and the disingenuous way that pro-abortion people have kind of jumped on an unrelated situation in order to boost their argument and attack the pro-life stance. Yeah, well, I mean, and also, are, do we, are we admitting that it's a life or exactly. are we mm -hmm. not? Because these are mixed messages that we're getting here. David? Yeah, I'm like, how is a pro-abortion, the pro-choice jumping on this when it sounds to me like they're actually saying, well, that was an unborn life mm -hmm. and so you're responsible for that life and their whole stance is it's not life. Right, they're trying to say this is just the first step towards pro-life people throwing women in jail for abortions because they charge this woman with manslaughter. But I mean, there's no connection to it. This had nothing to yeah. do with abortion or the new abortion laws. And so it's just kind of creating a false parallel, a false perception within the media to jump on the situation, make these outrage statements to try to discredit these pro-life laws to make it look like we're looking to put women in jail who have abortions. And that's just totally not the case at all. Yeah. Stu, you want to weigh in? I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> like, we're at a time where, uh, I mean, can pregnant women eat anything? Like, I think everything is, ba like, yeah. you know, like, you can't have sushi, you I can't have, Syria, right? like, yeah, there's so yeah. many freaking yeah. restrictions, which none of them existed when we were born, by the way. I mean, our parents were like, ah, oh, give me a cigar. Well, that's why uh, we turned out the way we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so, so, um, you know, it's, it's that, while that's going on, right, and, and you look at, like, the, the famous sort of warning, um, uh, you know, uh, signs on, on, you know, whether it's a cigarette billboard or alcohol or whatever, where it says, if, you know, pregnant women should not uh, mm -hmm. consume alcohol. Like, those are just warnings, right? Like, I mean, like, in theory, a pregnant woman can mm -hmm. uh, can uh, consume alcohol. Like, basically, we just all know that women are generally responsible and, and, and do everything they can because they want their child to come out as, as, as uh, healthy as possible. Uh, the fact that, you know, it's now this, you know, we're, we're coming in and we're stepping into to the woman's choice ground. So, you know, like that we can't get in that territory. That's 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 uh, sacred territory. It's not the baby that's sacred territory anymore. It's the choice of the mother that's sacred. That seems backwards to me. Yeah. Um, and on that note, can we get back to the debate for a second where I know we were talking about this off air, but Julian Castro mm, yeah. and his oh, his amazing thought provoking line of. I don't just believe in reproductive freedom. I believe in reproductive justice. Oh, God, that was terrible. And then something about trans... trans Transgender women should have women. the right to abortions also, which right, was but, confusing. <laughs> I kind of worked that out in my head. I, I legit, like, don't... Yeah. I think what he said... And I always, we had this argument on the air of radio today because we were trying to figure this thing out. I think what he's saying is a, a person born a woman who's transitioning to a man that gets pregnant should be able to have an abortion. Because obviously if you're a man, you're coming the other way, right, yes, there's not an abortion, there's not a birth process typically yeah. happening. Right. However, like, my, then I thought, started to stop to think, like, if you're, uh, <laughs> you're gonna if you're, I know, I know, if you're a woman, you're going to transition to a man, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're saying you're a man. 
So why would you want to have sex in a way that could produce a pregnancy, if, if you get what I'm going yes. at, right? Like, yes. you're, you're the one saying right. you're, a man, you're a man, but you'd have to have but sex you, with... You could be with a man that had transitioned to a woman. I'm, right, I'm but then... No. No. I, need a, I need a diagram. Right. I stop putting people's sexuality in a box. That's what you're doing right now. I am. I've seen that, where a guy had transitioned to a woman, and then he got together with a woman who had transitioned to a guy. And then the so they're still got attracted to the opposite sex, yeah. or seemingly. Well, that's but they what just Ka- Caitlyn Jenner is still dating women. I oh, think. Who knows? My goodness. I. You know what? Does <laughs> he still have his manhood? I don't think he does. Anymore. No. I think he went he's, through the surgery. Gone? Yes, it's gone. I think he gone. did go through the surgery. Yeah. But or poor, poor him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Something's wrong. Ain't nobody touching my manhood. I don't know what. Man would say, I think at some point, take it, but Democrats <laughs> is a problem are for probably me. looking at this like we're confused, and these yes. candidates are just making it more confusing that we don't even know what we're talking. We about. We need well, diagrams. No, I mean, I gave Julio, Julian Castro an A, right? Like yeah. that's how bad this field is. That yeah. a guy that comes oh out and talks gosh. about trans abortions gets an A because he jumped uh, furthest to the left. But he did, know? right? I mean, like that is what they're seeing as pleasing, and it's interesting. The people, again, the person leading this race is Joe Biden, right? Mm-hmm. The people who are like, you know, I think Joe would be great. He's liberal, but he's not crazy. Like, when they watch a debate where they see everyone kind of just jump in and talk Spanish for no reason, think about the the person. Again, this election largely rides on people who voted for Barack Obama and Donald Trump. A person who is liberal enough to vote for for Barack freaking Obama, but was like, I can't do Hillary. I got to go with Trump. You know what? He seems like he's at least, he at least likes the country, right? Yeah. that person looks at people faking Spanish uh, accents, <laughs> mock Spanish, I think was the uh, actual um, language. Um, you know, the people who are, are coming out and, and pandering so far, they have to mention, I mean, again, not only just uh, uh, trans uh, people, we don't talk about trans people enough, which how could we talk about it more? How? Um, yeah. But Literally also African-American trans people, right? <laughs> and then African-American trans people who are having abortions. Like, we are at, like, a, hey. a tiny, tiny slice here of America. Wow. And, again, you're just clearly pandering. Like, I, you know, I, and I think that, you know, a person who's, who's sitting in there, like, you're working at a factory, you've had a union job your whole life, you're not happy with the way the country is going, you're not sure if you're going to go back to Trump or not, but you, you, kind of, you were okay with the Barack Obama years maybe. I don't think that this crowd is going to be able to relate to that person. And while you might be able to win a primary with that far-left crowd, it's going to be tough to win a general with that crowd. I mean, you notice the people who seem to make the most sense on that stage were the people who are the most sort of pushed to the corner. To yeah. Where you don't want to hear it. Delaney got cut off how many times? Yeah. I mean, Gabbard, Delaney. Like, them. yeah, you had some people there that can, at least I think can make sense and, and, and relate to that person. And, like, you, you know, they had this, that moment where they said, who wants to get rid of private insurance? And they did the hand raise. And only Elizabeth Warren and de Blasio raised their hands. Well, we know why de Blasio did it. And we know what de Blasio is going as yeah. far as he can, right? Yeah. And yeah. Warren is basically already there too um, and I, they don't want to admit to these people because they know if they you know if, if Warren or, or Sanders or de Blasio somehow were, were to win this nomination they are so far left than the average person how do you win Michigan how do you win Pennsylvania I don't know how you do it unless you're going to try to go super super left win the primary and then come back to the middle and hope people believe you I know how Elizabeth Warren does it no next time she has a chance she just needs to start talking Cherokee no. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's that a would whole, lock it in. Open. That's a whole other demographic they can I, pull into. I do think it will be interesting to see uh, tonight. It will be a good look at whether the Democrats performing tonight 
they've, that they've looked at these last round and said, okay, that's, they've gone too far, yeah. or if they try to outdo them. I think it'll be very interesting to see if yeah. this round of, of candidates tries to outdo and outpander the last round. I think That'll the give policy us a good could go further left, even though yeah. they won't do as much of the showy Spanish, you know, kind of ridiculous stuff. I think that's true. I hope it, they do because it made it really. It, it does make me. it more fun. I will say. <laughs> you know, see Biden trying to talk. Yeah. Oh you know, it's interesting. Bernie Sanders, who's probably the furthest left here, he's he's one that, and one of the reasons why I think he does at least okay and has his core is because he doesn't need to pander. Right. He legitimately believes in socialism, yes. and he's willing to admit it to you. Yes. Where everyone else is kind of dancing around it and act, they want to be able to deny it later. Bernie doesn't care. He's mm-hmm. an ideologue. He's been an ideologue for fifty years. So, and that's like the only the uh, the last ten percent of his life. Um, so um, uh, he's just one of these guys. Like he's going to get up there and he's going to go for it. Yeah. And you know, I think De Blasio will go for it out there too. And Warren tries to hold on to the word capitalism occasionally if you ask her, but she's right out there. Mm-hmm. This is a freaking far left crew. And Biden, there, there's certainly a big chunk of the Democratic Party that says, look, it's Biden or bust for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Trump unless you give me Biden. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, Biden is too terrible a candidate to, to be able to survive this process, I think. So, I mean, this is going to be a, it's going to be a roller coaster ride for the next, what, 18 months? Good God, 18 months. <laughs> We're just getting started. Made me really depressed. Uh, yesterday's poll, are you going to tune in for the Democratic debate tonight? 82% of you did not tune in, apparently. 82% wow. of you said no. Only 18% said yes. I, I understand I it is, very it is early. torture, yeah. and it is, yeah, it's sure very is. torturous to watch these people try to outdo each other on a pandering and identity politics. But I am surprised. I thought that there would be more. I think when it whittles down a little bit, people will start to be, all yeah. right, now we don't have 25 people talking. Well, right, especially three or four that might win. Especially when it's Democrat versus Republican, right? Oh, like, well, whoever the nominee, right, yeah. everyone's going oh, to it's like the new that. WWE. Yeah, because, I mean, if this <laughs> wasn't our job, I probably would not. Oh, no doubt. I would have turned it off as soon as Beto started speaking Spanish. Oh, yeah. All right, today's poll, who was the most radical Democrat on the debate stage last night? Was it Warren, uh, Robert Francis, Julian Castro, or Cory Booker? I, honestly, I mean, you didn't get this choice. I'd say de Blasio was probably the most, the radical. most radical. I mean, if not, I would go with Warren. Um, but de Blasio, I think, was actually the, I mean, because he, he went to, Warren's left a couple of times yes. there. And he was the only one willing to admit that he wanted a 70% tax rate. Yes. Uh, and no one else went that far. I mean, they, asking Beto that question. Did oh you see that? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my God. The guy is he incapable would, of answering freaking questions. Answer. I'll give you 10 seconds if you want to try that again. Oh. He <laughs> would do not it. answer. Wow. Amazing. What do you think, David? Warren, uh, Robert Francis, Castro, or Booker? Who was the worst? Who was the most <laughs> radical? Oh, who was the most radical? You can't pick. Well, who I was, was a part of the 82%. I, I didn't watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to put That's myself true. through that. I That's watched smart. the clips. That is so, smart. yeah, for me, it's like uh, maybe tonight I'll watch just because it's the, the more the main, you know, group of 100 Democrats that are running. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so I, I couldn't weigh in on that. Did you you watch it? Right? I did watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna what give it to Castro. He did both the decriminalized border crossings and he did the reproductive justice. That's mm-hmm. pretty. It's true. You know, he he made some leaps. That's true. Mm-hmm. Trans people deserve abortions too. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. Flex, but I okay. Mean, all right. <laughs> that was his big moment. Got it. That That's embarrassing. <laughs> all right. Oh, let us know what you think, what your, uh, what your choice is. Go to The Blaze's Twitter. That's at The Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Happy birthday again. Thank you David. so much. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, awesome. I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to outleft everyone, but please, someone's got to be like, oh, I want the LGBTQIA2. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.